And right now, time to hand over to Nick Fanchuli as I induct him into my Hall of Fame. I caught up with him a few weeks ago in my LA studio, and here is what we spoke about. Not everyone understands house music. Pete Tong's Hall of Fame. Nick Franchuli, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good to be in LA. I was going to say, nice to have you here in the sunshine. Yeah, it's nice. Um, we were in Vegas last night and we thought the best way to do it is just stop off and see you. How's the uh, new residency going? Tell us about it. Tell us where it is. It's at um, a place called Daylight off Mandalay Bay in Vegas. It's been good. It's the second night of the residency. We do the first Sunday of every month. The guests that we've had so far are like Guy Gerber, Danny Tanaglia, and forthcoming we've got people like Martinez Brothers, uh, Carl Cox, Loco Dice. So it's it's trying to bring a little bit of Ibiza to uh, to Vegas. I think it's starting to work. But you, you were doing <laughs> it, so, you know, it's... Uh, I think that if we can all sort of contribute to Vegas and, uh, and, and bring our sound, I think eventually people will sort of start to change their opinion on, on the music there. So. It's Hall of Fame and we like to start right back at the beginning. Um, tell us about growing up in Maidstone and what you were listening to back then. Um, originally I was into things like the Stone Roses, Happy Mondays, uh, the Charlatans. And then someone got me into sort of electronic music, sort of like, it was more like Daft Punk, the Chemical Brothers, Underworld, sort of like the, the sort of natural crossover from bands to, to electronic music. And then um, I got into DJs like Laurent Garnier, Lee Burridge, Francois K. And then I started going to this club called Club Class, where I first saw you play, actually. A legendary club run by Greg and Serge and another guy called Tomislav. On the Friday night was Club Class, on the Saturday night was Pure Science. We had a huge drum and bass scene in Kent. And yeah, I got to see people like Carl Cox, yourself, Sasha and Digweed, you know, Jeremy Healy, Alistair Whitehead, a real wide variety of music. And, and, and that's what, what I wanted to do once I saw that. Um, I wanted to become a DJ. It's quite refreshing because so many people I interview now, it's like, they're, they're, I mean, it's great. You start in your bedroom because you're hearing, you know, your records on the radio or whatever. But it's nice to have been uh, effectively a punter. Yeah, and a fan. I remember yeah. that always counted a lot for Yusuf as well, being a, you know being someone that used to go to cream all the time. So, yeah, I say that I still say it now. It's like being a Chelsea fan and playing for Chelsea. Club class was my hometown, and playing at club class was sort of the uh, the thing that I wanted to do. And, and yeah, I was lucky to get to do that. So, what was it like those first few times you got to actually warm up for your for your heroes, your the people that influenced you? <laughs> wow, it was. Uh, I remember the first time was for Sasha. Uh, Atomics, which was a legendary club. You played it many a time. And, um, and it was the second to last party before they closed. And I was so nervous and uh, chanced myself through it, got through it and, and really enjoyed it. And then, and then became resident. And uh, yeah, the rest is sort of history. You um, pretty rapidly moved into production. We'll talk in more detail about it in a second. But first, let's listen to a track that kickstarted your career. What's this? This is uh, Skylark. That's more like it.
It's Pete Tong. BBC Radio 1. from Skylark, um, one of the, the real breakthrough records for Nick Fanciulli. He's on the Hall of Fame this week. He's joining me here in the uh, Los Angeles studio of BBC Radio 1. Uh, so let's talk about that track, Skylark. What, how did you get into production? You started, I have to say, you set the bar pretty high with that tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you made it a central new tune. So it was um, it was actually um, a guy called Rob Cockerton who was sort of one of my mentors um, as a DJ in Maidstone that said, look, let's try and get into production. And he introduced me to Andy Chatterley. And sort of Andy Chatterley really changed my life in terms of where my career went and, and how I made music and he's one of the most talented people that I work with. We started this collaboration called uh, Skylock and the first record we wrote was That's More Like It. We went on to do remixes for uh, Yoshi Toshi, I think we did another record called Dancing in the Dark as well with Joe Mills. We then went on to make the Buick Project stuff as well. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great sort of partnership, you know, I was the DJ and bringing ideas in and Andy was the, uh, the technical genius. And you were obviously learning like a sponge. Yeah, of course, you know, you just... And the great thing about it, I got into that just before computers took over. So I got to that point where hardware was still really important in making music. And uh, you also, in your career, you worked alongside the likes of James Abila and, yeah. and Mark Knight. Um, do you have a preference of collaborations now or, or, or working solo? I think, you know, for me, it's, it, it's personality. That's what makes me sort of drawn to working with someone. With James, we had a really good rapport with each other. The music wasn't exactly what we played, you know, the same, but we met in the middle. I'd say now the two people I enjoy most playing with is Joris Vaughan, who I have a, a residency with, and um, also Carl Cox. For me, it's based on sort of personality and, and, and getting on with a person, understanding them, and not, and not too many egos. Uh, let's just touch on your your long-awaited debut album. What the, uh, it's like a rude question, but like, what took you so long? Because it's been a while, hasn't it? So I'm just reading the notes. It's seven years you've been working on it. I've been on and off for about seven years. You've but, been um, too busy. I think yeah, it's it's weird because I found that I took my foot off the gas with production and and I concentrated on DJing because that's what I was from the start. I was you know DJing was my passion and and making music was secondary. So um, I took a step back. I'd only did a couple of remixes in the last few years. I had a group of tracks that I sort of been working on over the last sort of six, seven years. And then I started writing a bunch of new stuff about two or three years ago until now. And so there's light at the end of the tunnel now. So I think I'm going to call the album first and last because I think it's the first album I'm going to write and the last one. <laughs> a classic case of being, a, you know, touring um, a busy DJ, a DJ that like you is fortunate enough to work in all these amazing places all over the world is that the studio thing does suffer. Do you manage to make music on the road or is it something, you know, you have to get back home and kind of get some clear headspace? Ideas can be written on the road. You know, I can't finish a record unless I'm in the studio. You know, I also work with some really talented people like Alex Tepper, who helped me achieve you know, the remixes and, and the originals that I've been working on over the last sort of five or six years. But yeah, I definitely think it's the studio where I have to actually finish the records. Pete Tong. Pete Tong's Hall of Fame. 
Let's listen to another tune now, one that took your career kind of to the next level after Skylark. What have you got for us? This is T Schwartz featuring Tracy Thorne, and the track's called Damage, and it's the Buick Project remix. This is Pete Tong on BBC Radio 1. Right now we're in the process of inducting Maidstone's Nick Fanciulli into the Hall of Fame. Amazing record there. Damaged Teeth Schwartz, your own mix, uh, the Buick Project remix. You were one of our very first residents here on uh, Radio 1, a series that we're very proud of now. You started back in 2005. Did, did you enjoy that time being behind the microphone? I'm going to be totally honest. I, I didn't, know. I think it's confidence with the radio and I didn't really have a lot of confidence at the time, but I did work with some great people at Radio 1 and they always sort of encouraging me and, and stuff like that. But like I said, I think the DJing was the, the thing that I wanted to focus on. I still prefer being on the road. Uh, talking of being on the road then, favourite places in the last couple of years? I mean, you've almost played everywhere, but um, um, either a club that doesn't exist anymore or, or current clubs that you really look forward to going back to. I still think Womb in Tokyo. It's a place uh, I've never played, actually. <laughs> it's one of the few. It's, you know, everything about it, you know, even the fact that Yuki, who runs the club uh, and, and does all the bookings, is my son's godfather. And, and just from everything around it and, and playing two New Year's Eves there, I think the first time I played there was 13 hours and then the second year it was like 12 hours. And 
I think as Japan as a, as a place is amazing to go to, and that club especially. The other one at the moment for me now is Ashwari in Ibiza. It's not the coolest club in the world, people don't think. In and, and but for me, I have such an amazing time. You know, we have our residency there with Yoris La Familia. Tell us how that came about because you started out playing at Ants. Yeah, we um, I actually did the first Ants for the guys, and um, and then me and Yoris did three back-to-back shows there which were great and I spoke to Jan at the end of the season I said look we'd love to come back and do our own thing so we went away in the winter and came up with this concept of La Familia we wanted something tongue and cheek because our music can be quite serious sometimes and I thought you know let's just dress up and have some fun and, and this year we've moved to Wednesdays yeah we've got some great guests we've got people like Sasha playing Guy Gerber and him it's fun and that's the whole point of the, the residency with me and Yoris you know we've got our own solo stuff but when we come together it's, it's about bringing the energy and just having good fun Talk quickly about the label, Saved Records, which you've been running for a long time alongside your brother. Um, tell us how that's going. Great. It's, uh, we've, we released last year our 100th release, and we're, uh, we're 10 years in September this year. So, you know, as independent record label, I, I think we've done quite a good job with sort of sticking to our guns. You know, the first few years were quite tough because I was on the road and didn't give it a lot of care and attention. Then my brother came in and basically changed the whole dynamics of the label and, and turned it into a success. So, you know, I owe a lot to him. Uh, we're going to hear um, one of the, well, certainly a, a lady I came across for the first time um, through music released on your label. Before we play that, we couldn't let you go without telling us about your festival, The <laughs> Social, uh, which is going to be taking place in September. When you've done those bank holiday um, events, which you've always kindly invited me to play on, and I've, I've been somewhere else in the world, but you, you, you had some nutty, nutty line ups in the middle of Kent. We basically get an alleyway in Maidstone and we, we blocked up one end and, and put a sound system in it. And we were lucky to have people like Luciano, Marco Carolla, Loco Dice, Carl Cox, John Digweed, you know, the list goes on and it is and it's it's so Marco. funny because when, when I tell them, trying to explain to them they're like Maidstone, they're like, where is that? Exactly. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's in Kent. And do you know what I'm proud of it because it's you know it's it's the place where my career started and it, and it's nice to do something in the community and it we've got some great fans down there that are into electronic music and the social was the next step. So we started the social festival three years ago and our third year is on September the 12th, and we've got such an amazing lineup. Is that back in Moat Park now? It's in Moat Park, yeah. Where yeah. we did the Radio 1 That's correct, yeah, and that was that was the whole idea, you know, right. doing something in that park again. And we've got Richie Horton, we've got Seth Troxler, uh, Solomon, Marco Carolla, Jamie Jones. Uh, it's just such an amazing lineup of friends that are playing for us, and, and in Kent, you know, and it's, it's, you know, fingers crossed it, yeah. Be another success. As we say, keep it Kent. Thank you, Nick Franchuli. You're now the newest member of the Pete Song Hall of Fame. We'll, we'll take your star from the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame and move it somewhere closer, <laughs> like outside Radio 1 or even Maidstone, uh, outside the social. Uh, leave us with something hot and new from um, that lady I talked about. This is a track by Lauren Lane, and it's remixed by myself and Butch, and it's on Save Records. I think it's going to be her year, by the way. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so good, and she's been around for you know a good few years, and I think that now is her time to shine. Thank you. Nick Fanchuli. Cool. Thanks, Pete.
Many, many thanks to my old mate Nick Fanshuli. Finishing off with Lauren Lane's Cool Kids, his remix that he did alongside Butch, deservedly in the Pete Song Hall of Fame.